pedo match, becoming a pediatric dentist, where you are serving those specifically also with special needs. Stay tuned as we talk to a doc who just matched, matched into his, his dream specialty. And he's going to tell us how he did it. All of this eight years in the making. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Dr. Darwin, a new dentist coach with another episode of Vast Dr. Darwin on the new dentist podcast show where we talk about getting into dental school, surviving dental school, getting into residency, surviving residency, and then life as a new dentist. Guys, be sure that you are continuing to comment, share, and like this content, uh, and also subscribe. That'd be great too. But sharing is caring. Uh, so that we can continue to understand the types of content that you are looking uh, for us to present to you, but also that you share the content with your colleagues, friends all over the country, but also all over the world as well. Also, this episode is being brought to you by GetIntoDentalResidency.com, right here. GetIntoDentalResidency.com, the ultimate resource to help you match, match this application cycle, right? Um, from reviewing your personal statement to preparing you for your mock interviews, for your interviews via mock interviews, and then just giving you some tips and strategies and getting into residency. Check out this down here for more details. All right. So guys, we're joined today with the doc who's been, who's been preparing for this for eight years, eight years since his D1 year. He's been preparing to become a board-certified pediatric dentist. Today, we're joined with Dr. Fritz Brooks. How you doing, Doc? I'm doing good, Dr. Darwin. How are you? Man, not as good as you. You matched. You matched. <laughs> yes. You matched. So uh, please introduce yourself for those that are meeting you for the first time. My name is Dr. Fitz J. Brooks, originally from Jamaica. That's where I was born and raised. Moved to Orlando, Florida when I was around 15 years old. Did college at the Great Bethune-Cookman University in Daytona Beach, Florida, and then went to the University of Florida College of Dentistry, where I did dental school, and graduated from there, joined the Army, did a one-year AGD in the U.S. Army, and then I'm currently wrapping up my five-year commitment with them, and will be starting pediatric residency soon. Wow, Doc, wow. What a journey, just in, uh, from Jamaica to, to Pedo. Yes, sir. <laughs> Great, man. Great. I've got a classmate that went to Bethune-Cookman, uh, and she's a, a dentist as well from Florida, from Tallahassee. Oh, she's from Tallahassee? No, she's from, yeah, she's from Tallahassee. Wait, no. what's her name? Dr. Shay Hall. Dr. Dr. Shay Hall. Dr. Shay Hall. Bethune. She's a Bethune. I don't know what y'all call it. Bethuniums? Bethuniums? Wildcats. 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 The Wildcats. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with the Wildcats. <laughs> I'm making up stuff. You can tell I didn't go to Bethune. <laughs> uh, but great story, man. So let's let's continue to dive in, uh, especially with Pedo, because, you know, as you are aware, <laughs> everyone is diving into Pedo. Uh, these last six, seven years have been you know, have had, have, we have seen an explosion in the number of candidates applying to pedo. So why pedo for you? Why not ortho? Why not oral surgery? And why not endo? Why not just be a, you know, super GP? Why pedo? So, you know, first and foremost, I really do have a passion for working with children. I really enjoy working with children. 
And I figured this out back when I was in high school, I did community service where I was a, a classroom helper. And that's where I realized I, you know, enjoyed working with children. I continued doing that um, in undergrad, but it really kind of clicked for me when I became a camp counselor at a camp for kids with special needs. And so you, we had kids ages six through around 16 who came and spent the week with us. And, you know, during that time, we supervised them, we organized fun activities for them to do. And within that environment, I knew that not only do I want to incorporate children in my dental practice, but I wanted to incorporate kids with special needs. But it really wasn't until I got to dental school and I started learning more about different dental specialties that I realized that I wanted to become a pediatric dentist. And this aha moment came into play when I was in the Bahamas um, on a dental humanitarian trip with the university. And during that trip, I had my first ever dental patient, which was a five-year-old um, child. And I had the opportunity of doing an extraction under the guide of Dr. Abby. And I just remember, you know, feeling, you know, that sense of fulfillment, getting this child out of pain. And so I decided back then in 2014 that in order for me to provide quality care to children and children with special needs, that I wanted to be fully and properly trained um, as a pediatric dentist. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the that's the route. That's the pathway. And you will find if you I'm sure you know already that is uh, a segment of the pediatric patient population that has the um, probably the lowest access to care just due to the number of pediatric dentists, but also due to the number that actually uh, kind of specialize or have a focus in um, those individuals with special needs or with developmental um, uh, disabilities. So I'm telling you, man, across the country, um, this, this unique niche and population within the pedo population, but even as you know, as the kids get older and they become adults as well, uh, there's a great need. So, you know, hats out, uh, hats off to you for realizing that focus and and having that passion uh, within this segment of the of the population because it's it's needed, man, across the country. Um, so let's talk about your application because pedo <laughs> again, it's competition, man. This competition out here, it's 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 mean in these pedo streets. Yes. It's mean. So let's talk a little bit about how you prepared your application, especially since you knew, you said back in uh, 2014, D1 year, you knew pedo, pedo. So let's talk about how that influenced your uh, your preparation for your for your application. So I believe, you know, knowing early on was definitely to my advantage because I, I used this to one seek out mentorship. And so I would, you know, have whether it was a faculty mentor me throughout dental school. And then I'd also cater my free time with doing different things that were related to pediatric dentistry, whether it was through mission trips or different activities outside of the walls of uh, the University of Florida. Um, but other than that, when it comes to preparing for the application process, it's just being um, very organized to begin with and 
be very prepared leading up to the application. I'm talking about even years before the application cycle opens. You know, the application opens in a few months. And so now is not the time when you're, you should be trying to get your ducks in a row. This should be um, in the works, you know, years um, ahead of time. Yeah, that's, that's key. That's key to, to know because some people like yourself who know on the front end, it's great, but there are others that may not, you know, really realize their calling until maybe second year or probably maybe not even till to D3 year when you actually in clinic and you can see procedures, you've got your rotations. Um, but if you know earlier, the better. The better. Uh, and there's, there's no, you know, rush. Like if it takes a little bit longer to get there, because obviously I didn't apply right in dental school or right after dental school, I had to take a more scenic route before, you know, I, I did my application. So that itself is also fine to take your time, you know, explore and make sure that it's something that you really want to do. Yeah, that's key. That's key. Uh, because you don't get that time back. Yeah, <laughs> time and the effort that you put into preparing the application uh, and it's a process. So you got to really have your why, why you're doing this um, uh, narrowed down and, and focused on because the process can beat you up as well. Um, part of the process as well is the, the selection or the review. Well, pretty much before you select, you got to do some research about the schools and programs. Share with us your process on how you looked at programs and how you decided the number of programs that you applied to and, and, and the reasons why. Yeah. So I started my search. So in dental school, I already had a thought as to what programs I wanted to go to, but um, a year out, over a year out of the application um, being open, I started um, looking at school. So I would literally, I looked at every single school our program that were listed on the um, AAPD website. And so I took into consideration, you know, where they were located, the type of program um, that it was, whether it was a combined program, hospital-based program. So I took all these things into um, account. And then I narrowed down my list to 20 programs. And then I also started reaching out to people who I knew who may have attended that program I reached out to a program director to try to set up a externship or virtual externship to pretty much talk to them to even narrow down my list even more. And so, you know, my lists were pretty much based on what I was looking for in a program as far as strength didactically and clinically. So, you know, I started making this list and I started narrowing it down over a year in advance. Yeah, see, that's part of that process. And, and the earlier that you start, the more time that you give yourself to explore and to possibly get those virtual externships. Uh, it's very possible now as COVID kind of recedes um, at the levels that where it was previously over these last two years, that some of those externships in person will possibly uh, start to, uh, to happen. Uh, but that's why you got to start early and give yourself the time so that you can afford yourself the opportunity to be, put yourself in those externships where you can go in person or even virtually, or even, you know, having enough time to go to multiple yeah. uh, uh, ones, because I've, I've heard of some conflicts that, 
that uh, students and docs have had with regards to uh, those externships being at the same time, they kind of overlap. Uh, and you've got two of your programs that you want to go to or you want to find out more, but there, you know, the, the opportunity for the, for the externship may have only limited itself to, you know, them being kind of overlapping one another as well. So uh, all of that is key. Timing is key. Give yourself some more time uh, with regards to that. All right. So you got your list of 20, you fill out your application, and then you do this. Wait, <laughs> you wait, you wait, and then uh, you eventually get those emails or phone calls and saying, hey, we want to bring you in for an interview. So let's talk about the interviews. You, you applied to, uh, uh, well, you came up with a list of 20 programs. How many interviews did you get? What were the interviews like? And more specifically, uh, what kind of special questions did they have uh, with regards to PETA? Because PETA interview questions are a little different than other specialty programs. Um, so I ended up applying for 18 uh, programs. I got interviews to 10. And then the interviews, they really weren't bad, in my opinion. Um, a lot of it, you know, dealt with pretty much who you are as a person, as an applicant. So it was very relaxed. Um, it became interesting and fun when you start going into the residence um, interviews. The residents would have unique and different questions, uh, questions that would make you want to think, you know, on the spot, be spontaneous, which I really enjoyed, right? So you'd have questions like, you know, what animal you would be and why. Um, if you could sit be beside someone on an airplane, who would it be and why? Um, so just kind of when it comes to these kind of scenarios, just try to be relaxed and just try to think on, on your feet and give, you know, good and genuine answers. Yeah, being yourself is, is important. Being yourself is important. Being your genuine self because eventually that's who you're going to be when you're there for two or three years. Yes. Right? And, and, and they're looking for who you are, not on paper now, but who you are in person or virtually and how you interact with others, because again, you're going to be there uh, uh, 730 days plus, um, and they want to make sure that those that are part of the program are actually part of the program. Uh, someone they can get along with and work with, and and uh, have some some hard times, but also some good times with as well. Uh, so, so what animal did you say? <laughs> uh, for me, I. If I were to be an animal, honestly, I would be a, a golden doodle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Golden yeah. doodle. Golden doodle. I like golden doodles. All right. There you go. Yeah, we, we have heard questions, pedo questions related to Disney characters. Yeah. What, what Disney character would you be or name five Disney princesses? Yeah. Very <laughs> much so. Yes, I, I got some of those. What was my favorite? Um disney movie growing up yep so those yep. Were, were, were pretty common so yeah. it, it yeah. brings you back to it really a lot of these questions it brings you back to childhood yep. your favorite childhood memory and why yeah um so yeah it was just question that it kind of you know a little bit therapeutic in a, in a sense because it really brings you back to childhood yeah and and that's important because uh 
that's your patient population, yes. right? You you want to make sure they want to make sure that you're thinking like uh, a child, but an adult who knows what children are thinking and what apprehensions uh, they they may have or what things that they like, right? So you can relate and be able yes. to communicate. So key, so key. So you had some interviews. You had ten interviews, which is brother. That's that's phenomenal. <laughs> that's absolutely phenomenal um with that comes a challenge though yes and that challenge is all right i got 10 interviews but now i got 10 programs i gotta put in order and sometimes the order that you started off with before the interviews changes after the interview right and we've talked 100%. about this a lot and how that interv that interview is not just for them, but it's really for you, right? It's really for you and being able to now reorganize that listing or that ranking of programs, because at the end of the day, you have to make your selection and you're only, you can only control your end of this match process, right? This match process, you can only control that on your end. You can't control what they're going to do you can have some influence but you have a responsibility in the match process which is ranking your list of programs so tell us a little bit about how you went went about that process yeah ranking was was tough um because i, I definitely fell in love with a lot of the programs um you know during the interview process um but I kind of stuck with what I, I, I wanted actually since dental school. So since my first year at dental school, I had my eye on the program that I matched to. And so in my gut, I went with it and I did it for several reasons. You know, that area, that state is home. Um, even though I, I kind of clicked off and, and got it on good with a lot of the residents at other programs, one program in particular, I was really fond of the residents there and even the program director. Um, but, you know, my decision was based on, you know, location being a priority, as well as the type of program that the program is, as well as the residents overall and the, the faculty and staff there. I took a lot of things into account. Um, it was definitely a challenging and tough decision, but I definitely think I also made the right one. Yeah, man. And that's, that's a good feeling, right? Yes. After that process of all the interviews and, and uh, you go with your gut and it just so happens that your gut is, is, is a program that was number one for you all along and, yeah. and how the process confirmed not only that pedos for you, but also this program uh, is for you. So share with us, let everybody know where's my drum roll. I don't know if anybody's working today in, in the uh, audio department, but drum roll, where are you going to be taking your, 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 your talents to become a board certified pediatric dentist? I'll be going to Nicholas Children's Hospital. Nicholas Children's Hospital. And where's that? Sir, it's in the beautiful Miami, Florida. M-I-A. In Miami. That's great, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. So you stay, you staying in that, that, uh, South, South, uh, area. 
Yes, yeah. definitely excited about going back to to warmer climates. Yeah, brother. I eat. Hey, Florida is is always a a great spot, especially for the weather, and it's now especially for continuing your career as a as a board certified uh, pediatric dentist in Miami. So Nicholas Children's Hospital, that's great, man. That's great. Um, and I'm sure people will want will probably add you know, uh, Nicholas Children's Hospital to their list if they haven't already, especially if uh, uh, those of you are watching and listening or looking into programs in Florida, I'm sure you probably have it on your list. Um, so that's great to know that. Also what's great to know, would be great to know is uh, some advice and some tips, especially mm -hmm. knowing what you know now, this has been a process for you really for, you know, eight years ago in the making since D1 year, You've had some additional experience as a military dentist. I'm Air Force, so I uh, was a captain in the Air Force after doing a residency. You've done a residency in AEGD uh, and also now continuing uh, in, to fulfill your, your service commitment. So you've been working for a while. You've seen the, the environment uh, and now going back into PEDO. So you have a lot of um, knowledge and also a, a viewpoint that many would, would definitely like to, to know about. So knowing what you know now in this process, what are like three or four, five tips that you would give to applicants pursuing PEDO? Uh, one would be proper preparation. Uh, you wanna make sure that you're very organized, you know, leading up to the application cycle. Try to have your personal statement done way in advance have you know, different people review it, um, change it as necessary, and do the same thing for your CV and your resume. I would advise you that um, you wanna have pretty much your application ready to go even before the application cycle itself um, opens so that you could submit um, in a timely fashion. Mm. I would also advise people to seek out mentorship. Um, that is such a, a big, big deal, um, whether it's at school, whether it's, you know, an older um, dentist who, you know, has been practicing for a while, uh, seek out mentorship. You know, some of these mentors may be even the ones who get to know you really well and end up even writing you recommendation now, lists. Now, that's a, that's a key point. And I, I think what happens lots of times, that mentorship in the age of, well, I can do it myself. Um, um, I don't want people telling me what to do. Um, you know, I don't want people to, to think that I'm incompetent and in going through this process. Tell us why you think with regards to mentorship, tell us why you think, wh why that is so important. Because we don't know what we really don't know. And I think sometimes when, you know, you have someone who's been through something or who's going through something that you want to go through, is just such a, a good guide or resource, you know, to have a guiding light in a sense. Um, and it just makes life a lot more, a lot easier, I, I believe, you know, you, yeah. you get to learn so much from someone who has um, more knowledge than you do. And I, I yeah. think it's just such a, a good resource to have. Yeah, uh, I always say the smartest person in the room, or in this particular case, the smartest dentist in the room is the one that asks for help because we all need help yes even 20 years out i still need help with with certain things especially as our profession continues to evolve 
and expand technology-wise, uh, behavior health-wise related to dental, dental care and, and the delivery of dental care. Uh, we all need help. And that's one of the reasons why it's required that we have continuing education to maintain our licenses, not only on, on the clinical aspect, but the business aspects, but also to always continue to learn. And part of learning is asking for help because we all need help, right? So yeah. don't shy away from asking for help. No, it doesn't make you less uh, uh, of a candidate. It doesn't make you less of a professional. It makes you a more informed candidate and professional. It makes you more prepared candidate and professional. Uh, but I just wanted to, to get your viewpoint on mentorship because it's it's very key, you know, especially when there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Yes. <laughs> you got the wheel. You got all the spokes and you got all the information of the potential roadblocks before you even have to make them. You don't even have to make the mistakes because as a you know, someone's going to mentor you is going to give you that information. Yes. So. No need for you to make those mistakes unless you just hard headed, <laughs> right? So, uh, any other advice, tips? Yes, um, try to make sure your finances are good, um, especially if you're going to be applying for a lot of programs. It could be very, very costly. Um, so, make sure you're doing that, um, and don't be afraid to, you know, reach out for help. Don't be afraid to reach out to programs or residents to kind of get more information about the program to make sure that it, it's right for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's key. That's key. Again, it goes along with the, the notion of asking for help. Uh, those residents that you contact have just gone through that process that you're going through a year, two, three years ago. So they know what it's like. And they're going to give you the, you know, the real deal of uh, the four, the, the complete 411. They're going to give you all the dental tea related mm -hmm. to the program and their process as well, which you want to have. You, you want to know what you're getting into and how to navigate the process. Um, and that's key. Absolutely. That's key. So, brother, look, we are so proud, very happy to hear about this success that's been um, this project of yours, this professional project of yours that's been eight years in the making. And uh, we're just so happy. Uh, I'm happy to hear that you're gonna be uh, pursuing your dreams uh, and becoming a board certified pediatric dentist. Uh, thanks for sharing your time. What's the best way for, for people to get in contact with you if they have any questions? It will likely be Instagram IG at FitzJ3. FitzJ3, Instagram, there you go, right there. All right, guys, hopefully this, this has been helpful, uh, helpful, this episode. Hopefully also these videos, check out these videos here, and uh, hopefully these are helpful as well. And that's our time. Love, peace, and smiles. See you next week. See you next week on the video. See you next week. Thanks, Doc. No problem. Hope you liked that one. It was a favorite of mine as well. Stay tuned as we have more episodes just like that. Until then, love, peace, and smiles. See you next time.